Welcome back to the Pursuit Podcast. After a long siesta, Kim and I are finally back in the studio. Arman Bashiri is a former men's soccer player who started his college journey at Anderson University in South Carolina. After two seasons in the Southeast, he packed his bags and moved to Bloomfield College in New Jersey. He has since taken his master's in finance at Drew University and has now lived and worked in the U.S. since 2020. Great to have you here, Arman. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's nice to be back, and uh, it's a killer episode, I feel, in, in the making. Um, it's obviously, it's June, and, you know, uh, part of uh, having you as a guest on the show is is also a big part of your journey. It's not just a soccer, you know, student-athlete background, and, uh, and of course, we want to hear about that, but it's also about you being, I would say, quite brave. Uh, you know, you're, you're a gay uh, footballer. And that has been a big debate, uh, you know, in many places across all different levels. And you've been outspoken and, and, and I would say a very good ambassador for how things should be done. So we'll touch on that, of course. But we, and this was important for us, Jules, that we wanted to, like with every episode, um, figure out, hey, how's Arma's journey? Just like everybody else uh, uh, so we'll, we'll go back to the beginning, Arman, because uh, I helped you to the States. Uh, you were a young, hopeful footballer back then. Uh, but w- out of all the things you were you know, picking and choosing from, why, why did you end up wanting to go to the U.S.? Uh, I don't really know why the U.S. I think one of the main reasons was just to get away. Uh, I knew from, you know from i was 16 17 that i didn't want to study in norway i wanted wanted to get out and explore i was just so uh restless i guess you could say um and uh and you know at the time i i didn't play football or soccer at, at a high at a high level i think i played in like division five at the time in norway um i remember speaking to you about it and uh and yeah i just i just really needed to to get away and i thought you know why not use football or soccer as a leverage to get where i want to you know, or, or achieve what I want to achieve. Yeah. But, but I mean, you, you took yourself down there a little bit, I would say, in terms of your level. Uh, you, uh, you come from a solid upbringing in Norway when it comes to, you know, you know, it's not just Division 5, it sounds low, but it, it's not. I mean, you, you ended up there before you went, maybe, but... Um, of course, you don't need to be a superstar to go to go to the U.S. and get a soccer scholarship, and um, and and you got obviously kind of paid for for going over in the end, which was great. But I remember you uh, in your process uh, showcase that was part of it, right? You we at that time we were we had our main event in in Stockholm in Sweden, and and you you traveled over there, uh, which. Uh, uh, you know, a cold November uh, weekend. Uh, but uh, how, how did you find that experience? It's something different, something new. We don't typically have those trial showcase events, especially back then when it was quite uh, new, uh, especially with showcases. That wasn't something we kind of started in, in Norway at that, that time. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, I think that was uh, that was the November after the season ended. I think, and 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 that season, I think I had I had uh, quite a few games in Division Three under my belt, so I had more obviously more experience coming in. But you know, I, I remember being super excited about the showcase. You know, I just really wanted to show what I was all about. Um, but for, personally, for me, I think it was a little bit of a mess because the night. Remember the night before I got really sick, uh, the night before the showcase, and I was just feeling terrible. The, the following day, the following morning, um, and I tried to push through, and I, I don't even think I've, I was able to finish the whole game. But um, but you know, I, I feel like I did a decent job at it. But um, but yeah, all in all, it was a, it was a great experience. It's so cool just traveling to another country to play and and just show yourself. Yeah, I remember the the timing of of the you you know getting uh was it a stomach bug or something uh, the day before? I mean, I but of course that takes some mental toughness to get through that, right? And of course, physically you were <laughs> you had to really fight through, uh, because I. We had another podcast guest in one of the earlier episodes, uh, one of the first ones we did with with Stian Sander, who you actually got to know him quite well uh, during the showcase. And and for him, sh- the showcase was like he didn't have any video. This was before games were really filmed at the at the rate they are now, and it was like pressure on to really deliver. And and for him, it was like uh, super important to be uh, to be to be ready. But it was like that for you. But you managed to pull through in the end with uh, with, with performing. Yeah, yeah, to some extent. I mean, I had um, because the the following season I had or the season that that was just that just had finished. I had uh, I, I had quite a few great games in, in Division Three, so I was able to film some of those. And I feel like I had some videos, but there were you know I would I had to ask my brother to go film it with a camera just holding it the whole time. So it was, you know, the quality of those videos weren't the, weren't the best. So I, I knew going to the showcase that I had to, I really had to, to show myself and, and really get something out of it. Yeah, that was good. Um, but do you still, because relationships form, right? Within the, our, our wonderful sport of soccer and you, you kept in touch with uh, Stian uh, ever since. Yeah, it was funny. It was funny because we were on the we were on the same plane going to Stockholm from from Oslo, and I kind of noticed him there um, uh, on the plane, and then I saw him on the train as well. So we just ended up chatting, and we were like, I was, and I, I saw that he, he was he was he had a, he had a bag with him and everything, so I could tell that he was going to the showcase, and we just started talking, and and when we got to the hotel, we ended up splitting um, a room just because it's cheaper and we just started chatting and ever since we kept in touch we even ended up uh going playing in the same conference and meeting each other at spring break and uh, new york a time after that so so yeah it's it's definitely some of the things that i didn't know that i was going to get out of going to the u.s oh no it's amazing i I love those uh i was just about to say connecting the dot connecting people right that's 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 kim's definitely the the highlight of of your job is you know getting people connected together did you feel like you know now we have of course a showcase every year um a lot of players you know that wants to go did you ever feel the pressure playing a showcase or did you just think you know i'm here to have fun I'm here to show myself. No, I just for the for for the show. I didn't feel pressure much. I just knew that I had to run a lot and show that that you know I'm trying and I'm not gonna give up. Um, and I think that was like the main thing that I I try to focus on in the showcase. Um, 
you know. Um, other than that, like I don't, I don't know. Like the pressure, pressure-wise, I didn't feel the pressure at the time. I think I was also also quite young and naive as well. Uh, you know, I was 18, I, I think, at the time. So it's it's been a while. Um, but no, I was just excited for the showcase. I just wanted to show what I was all about and um, and just do a good job. It it is a very American thing. At least us Europeans would say that to kind of you know you have to perform at your best uh, at the showcase event. Was is this something that you think is a positive when you went to the states? That that kind of mentality. That we, should we have more of that in say Norway or Scandinavia or UK or you know Europe? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I quite you know like that that mentality because uh, we don't really have that in Norway. You know, it's 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 quite different. Um, at the same time, especially in college too, you know, it's the it's always high pressure because the the season's this season is so short. You know, you have games every three, two, three days. So, you know, if you don't perform a couple of games, you're gonna miss out a, a a chunk of the season. You know, so the pressure's always on. And I would say you you know, from my experience as well, you, you get a bit mentally tougher. Uh, you know, by playing in the U.S., I remember just a quick side note. Like my coach during my time at college, like if he didn't feel like the players delivered or didn't run enough, you know, they were out of the team, and that was just, it could be mid-season. So I'm not saying every coach does that, but uh, you know, thinking back and looking back at, back at it now, it's almost 10 years. But it's you know, I think I grew a lot from from playing in the U.S. just on the mental part of it. Oh yeah, for sure, yeah, for sure. Uh, me too, for sure. I mean. Uh, as I said, like if you, it's you know if you don't if you don't play for if you're out for a couple of games you, you're gonna miss out you know like five percent of the season you know so it's always the pressure is always on there. What about your uh, you know your your network back in uh, I mean you're from Löwenstad just outside of uh, of Oslo. Um, what about your network there? Uh, were there many others? thinking about uh, the, the U.S. route? Um, did many others do this? Uh, yeah, I mean, it was, I think I started pretty, pretty early on. Uh, I think when I started, when I got in touch with you, Kim, I don't think there was a lot of, I didn't think, I don't think I knew a lot of people who was going over, but um, I think the year after we had a couple people from, you know, uh, Lillestrøm, like the local teams coming up, like Pele, Kristiansen, he came, Sondre Carter, they, they all came. Um, but in my in my team as well, I, I think I was the only one uh, when I played in Strømmen. I think I was about me and this other guy as well that I played with were the only ones going to the U.S. But now, uh, it's it's a different story now, right? I mean, completely different story. Yeah, you were you were one of the pioneers from Merlingen Vidrigone School to 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 show the way. <laughs> yeah, no, but you can see that it it uh, it, it grows, right? You, you get people from different parts of the country, and you, you see it in Norway, you see it in in Sweden, uh, where it's traditionally been, uh, you know, even more common to go to the to the states from a country like Sweden. I think it's the fourth or fifth uh, on the list in terms of international students playing in in NCAA Division One and Division Two. Which you know, Sweden is a fairly small country, but uh, actually, in terms of numbers of student athletes, it's it's huge. Uh, you know, more than say uh, Italy, the Netherlands, uh, maybe even France, right? Which you know, the, the bigger places, uh, and, and Norway kind of catching up to to to, to Sweden, uh, and 
you and kind of your generation and uh, now we're just talking like talking like that is like oh back in my day but it's uh, you know what i mean that you, you were part of you know early adopters on on doing this and after that it it, it helps to be to have ambassadors that that uh, that show that this is possible and obviously you, you've done a lot with your opportunity here which is uh, exciting so you you graduate and it's time to uh, to get on the plane. What what about your family? How was it to to leave them behind? Although it's not that far away, but it, and it's a four month semester, so you're gonna see them soon. But how was that? Uh, it was it was definitely a weird feeling, especially because I have a I have an identical twin brother. Uh, so that was that was the probably one of my weirdest goodbyes because you know I've been I was so used to being I was side by side with him for 19 years, and then all of a sudden. I'm not going to see him for four months. Uh, it was definitely, definitely weird, but I don't know. I think for me, it was a, it was such a nice balance, you know, because especially in college, because you got to go away for four months, come back for a month and then come back, you know, then go back to the U S for four months. And then you have three months off where you could go back with your family. So for me, it was, it was really the perfect combination just given the fact that I really just wanted to get out and explore. So that was, you know, and it always having those breaks, I was forced me to come back, which was great. Very interesting with, you know, twin brother. I mean, we, we do help siblings that go together. We have helped friends go together, but we, we've helped quite a lot of twins go together. And, and they, they've always wanted to go to the same school. And obviously, you're such a such a tight bond there. But So this is maybe an anomaly that you kind of broke away and did your own thing. Uh, did you talk to him a lot about that? Uh, not. I mean, not really, because we just we didn't add... We, you know, when we were late teens, we didn't never really opened up to each other like that. Um, but you know, it's it's. I don't think it's a conversation I've had with them yet. Um, but it's. Um, I don't know. It's now. It's it's now. It's more natural than it has been. And I still talk to him every day. You know, luckily we're. You know, we weren't born. You know, thirty years ago, where we couldn't do any FaceTiming or anything like that. So you know, that's that definitely helps. Um, but it's, I don't know, it's still, although it's normally still a little strange not seeing him um, every day, still. Although it's been, what, seven, eight years now? But, but before you ended up in, in South Carolina, um, do you remember if you had a few options that you could, you know, choose from um, before ending up at Anderson? Yeah, I mean, we had, uh, I was very adamant with, with Kim that I wanted to go somewhere warm. I wanted to experience that warm climate. Um, um, and I think, you know, most of the schools were in, uh, in the South. So we had, I think I was close to going to university of Alabama Huntsville in D2. Um, and that was pretty late on. Um, I want to say, uh, if I remember correctly, and, um, they had one of their, one of the current players, Colin, um, wanted he wanted to he wanted to move on and transfer, so they had to reallocate their budget to find someone in his position. And so, the message I got pretty late, you know, was that they couldn't sign me after all because because of that incident. Um, and then there was another school in Alabama as well, and another one in South Carolina, D two. Um, so it was mainly in the southern states. Um, but yeah, the the. You know, I ended up going to Anderson uh, mainly because of the financial. That was, I think, that was the biggest thing or biggest factor for me in making a decision. Uh, I just wanted to go where 
um, I was going to be paid the most. Because in my in my view at the time as well, again being naive, uh, thinking you know that the best offers are probably going to be the where the place where I'm going to be appreciated the most. So that's how I made my decision. So you you said you wanted the hot climate, and I, I really did deliver on that because uh, when you flew to Greenville, South Carolina, uh, how how was that? Uh, you know, the wall of heat when you stepped off the airplane. There, oh, it was total total shock. I mean, especially coming from Norway, it's like it's like a climate that you've never ever experienced before. You know, you just you just step out, and it's just. As you said, it's like the wall of heat that just hits you. It's the, it's you can't even. I don't know. It's it's tough to explain if you've never experienced it. Um, and then on top of that, you know, having to play soccer in that weather as well, it's just next level. Yeah. I think I think I warned you, but uh, but of course it it gets nice when you're into October and you're used to it and and you're playing uh, in, in in great temperatures, right? But it is something different. Uh, the you know the South in the U.S. with the humidity and and all that and every pretty much every we, uh, soccer playing student athlete we've had on the podcasts uh, have also been like in shock uh, with, with that, right? But but of course your body adapts. Um, but, but tell us about Anderson. How, how you know this is deep in the south uh, in in the U.S. It's on the East Coast. Um, culturally, quite different too, of course, than what you're used to. But how was it to step on campus uh, and, and kind of see how everything works there? Uh, yeah, so I mean, Anderson is um, forty minute drive from Greenville, South Carolina, which is upstate, uh, twenty minutes from Clemson. Just get an idea of, of where it is. Uh, and yeah, I mean, I went to a Baptist university uh, not knowing what that meant at the time. Uh, again, being naive, like not being aware that a Baptist university in the U.S. actually means religious university, um, you know, because in Norway, you you know, you think of religious school in, Nor- in, in Norway and you know, it doesn't get to that extreme, extreme, um, especially not from my understanding. Um, but yeah, stepping in, uh, it was campus is beautiful. Um, people are really nice, you know, it's the South. So everyone's going to be very polite, um, and nice to you. And luckily I had my teammates who a lot of them were international. So, you know, we had students from Australia, Germany, uh, South Africa, uh, you, you, you know, you name it France. Um, so, you know, and, automatically gravitated more towards those people um but it was you know it was definitely a shock i remember um uh just um moving forward just a little bit uh first when when the uh, semester first started i remember we had we had to go on every wednesday we had to go to chapel and and like do like a i don't know what it's called like a like a prayer thing and Clearly, I'm not religious at all. So, you know, obviously, I don't know the word for it. But I remember that just took every, like, I was sitting there with the German guy to my right and the Australian guy to my left. And we we're just looking at each other like, what is this? It's just the, just the most shocking experience of my life. Um, but other than that, it was, you know, it was very interesting, uh, very fun to step on campus and seeing something completely new for the first yeah. time. But did you learn anything from 
those Wednesdays where you, it was like every the whole school gathered to with a certain subject and it, I guess some of it could be religious uh, aspects and and sometimes it's uh, it's more about current events etc. I mean, uh, what did you take from those? Um, from being totally honest, I what the only thing I took away from it was that I wasn't going to graduate from Anderson because <clears throat> you needed credits in order to you needed chapel credits in order, in order to graduate and i knew that being i'm probably the most the least religious guy you'll meet so i knew that i wasn't gonna graduate from anderson just based on those credits itself it's you know that's that's the only thing i took away from it okay yeah it's uh but then of course you did the transfer out in the end uh but it took you two years right so you you, you must have liked this the south and the climate so much that you and i guess the teammates uh that that, that you uh it wasn't straight straight away hey i gotta find somewhere else what what were the big positives uh, down there big positives down there uh it's better Especially my, my teammates, uh, for sure. You know, those are teammates I still talk to today. Um, you know, we're planning a trip, planning a trip together after all those years. Um, so those that I want to say, my team is number one. Um, also, my my classmates to some extent, because you know they were very polite, even though they, you know, I did see some issues with me being gay. Um, but but you know they still accepted me and and took me in as as their own. Um, and then you know. Uh, just that tight bond because when you go when you go especially when you go to school in the south in the middle of nowhere um really all you have is each other um so you spend so much time with each other um and yeah definitely definitely the people but uh, and i agree with you because i i was in the in the middle of nowhere in the south not too far away from anderson i've played uh at anderson i actually got badly injured at Anderson right before my parents came for a week to to watch three games and like you said earlier if you get injured uh, you you're out for <laughs> for a big chunk of the season so that was just uh, just at that time so bad memory there we won one zero though just for the record uh, but I, I you know my hamstring went in that game um but of course it's important right you the, the people you gather yourself with americans internationals um it, it's important that there's a good click there and you, you talk about it being a baptist university i mean that's the affiliation uh some school obviously are more say rel- more religious than others and more requirements anderson's one you know more requirements than others but you coming in you know, being gay, and also for you telling people that you're gay. H- how was this uh, for you? Was it difficult? Um, yeah, so uh, I think a year, a year and a half prior, uh, I'd just come out for the first time. Um, and when I came out in Norway, uh, I think I was 17, 18 at the time. Uh, it was, I was always very adamant about being laid back about it and not making it a big deal. So you know, the first obviously the first time I came out, it was a huge deal because I came out to my closest friends, um, and then came out to my mom a few months later. And then after I came out to my mom, I told my friends, "Hey, you know, I'm not gonna make a big announcement. If you guys want to tell anyone, go ahead. I don't care. I just I'm not gonna you know make it a big deal um, because I just really wanted to show that being gay is just nothing it's really nothing um and especially at the time as well in 2014 a lot of people always 
had this stereotypical um, vision of what a gay person looked like. Um, so I always, I just wanted to make it as normal as possible for people because it also makes them process that better. Um, so when I came to Anderson, uh, you know, obviously I knew that I had to, you know, I had to come out again because I told myself before I went to the U.S. that I'm not going to hide for anyone. That's I'm done hiding. I've been hiding for 17 years. I'm not doing that anymore. Um, and and yeah, I, I knew that I had to. I had to come out um, and I had to figure out how to do it. So um, so, yeah, I, I ended up telling my roommate who I dormed with uh, my first year. I think I told him the one of the first nights because we were just talking about girls. Um, and I always wanted to find a good way to tell people, uh, you know, in the right moment. So when we talked about girls, I was like, yeah, listen, I'm, you know, I don't like girls, <laughs> I like guys. Um, and then I told a couple of my dorm or suite mates, <clears throat> so people who lived in the same hall um, that I played with. Um, and then from there on, I was like, okay, how am I gonna tell this team? You know, it's, it's you know, I never come out to an actual locker room before, you know, back in Norway, I came out to individuals and then they told others. Um, so I was like, how am I going to figure this out? Um, so it was funny, funny story. I remember our team captain after one of the uh, preseason um, sessions that we had, we went back into the locker room and we we're just blasting music and he turns the music off, the team captain, and he just goes, guys, listen, I'm gay. And every, obviously he was, he was joking. Everyone started laughing. Um, and then once the laughter kind of like zimmered down, uh, I just told everyone, guys, listen, I'm actually gay. Um, and then they started laughing again, but then I had to reassure them several times that um, that it was not a joke. Um, and a lot of people, you know, we had a lot of people from the South too. So a lot of people just genuinely did not believe me. They were like, wait, you're so, you know, you look so hetero, how are you gay? I'm like, okay, um, yeah. So, so yeah, so it took a lot of convincing. Um, you know, I had to, for several days after people were still asking me, are you sure, like, are you, were you just joking? I'm like, no, I'm actually gay. Because uh, I think for a lot, probably all of them, they've never met anyone in a soccer environment before who's gay. Um, so uh, it was definitely a shock, shock for them. Um, but, you know, I've never had any issues with any of my teammates. Um, everyone embraced me, especially the, especially the international students. Having them there really helped because um, they were really the leaders in the group. Um, and for them to show that it's not a big deal, really like, you know, it really um, affected the other people, especially the younger American kids. Um, that really helped. Um, so yeah, overall, for just in terms of the team dynamic, it was totally, totally fine. It was great. Um, yeah. Wow, what what a time, good timing to uh, to take it. Uh, you know, hey, here's my. Uh, I wouldn't say he rolled out a red carpet for you there with that intro, but you you took it. I mean, take some guts to do that, uh, Armand. Thank you. I mean, yeah. I mean, uh, it's, it's different too because when you're when you're actually gay and you you know you've been living with a life ever since, really, ever since you can remember. Um, it it takes, I don't know, it takes let, I'm, I was, I'm just really doing it for myself, you know, uh, really just doing it for myself, because I know that uh, once you come out of the closet, it's very, very hard to go back, back in it. Um, like, even now, I can't even imagine a life where, you know, I'm not a, totally honest with myself and with people around me. Um, so, yeah.
Yeah, and then obviously, you know, you created relationships at uh, Anderson. You know, you lived in South Carolina for two years, uh, middle of nowhere in South Carolina, you can maybe call it. And then, you know, you move up to the Northeast, to New Jersey, Bloomfield College, 30 minutes outside of New York City. How's that experience? Uh, that, was, that was great. I, I, you know, I loved it, being able to live um, in the more liberal area and having you know new york city right next to you was it was it was great i mean the difference it was a huge difference from from anderson you know that and anderson you know you only really had each other you had clemson you went to and and you know the activities were very much the same every week um and then you come to new jersey where you can really just pop into the city whenever you like you know just to get take the train it takes 40 minutes and you're in um so yeah definitely a definitely a huge huge difference was it was it different coming out um, in that locker room because you, you you might have have to do it again right when you're changing school was that different experience from coming out in in South Carolina and Anderson I mean that was you know at that at that time now this is my junior year I have been out for three or four years now um, and you know I have that experience under my belt if you if you want to put it like that so it's coming out was very comfortable Um I, you know, I didn't think about it much because, um, you know, the last three or four years I've been completely open uh, about who I am. So coming coming out at, at New Jersey in, in or in New Jersey at Bloomfield was was really not a problem at all. I remember um, the only reservations I had at the time was that we had a lot of Jamaican and African teammates, um, and just my perception of of how they view. LGBT or gay people in general was, you know, it's very, very negative. Um, so that was the only reservations I had. But again, I, I just knew that as long as I make it as normal as possible, um, it'll, 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 you know, it'll help other people see that it's not really a big deal, you know. Um, so again, you know, uh, I think it was more casual this time. I just told them straight up, you know, like, listen, I'm gay. Um, and then they had a whole conversation about it, um, and everyone was, was everyone were okay with it. I think it also probably also helped a little bit that I was one of the team leaders at the, on that team, um, which you know probably helped me out a little bit. Um, but you know I didn't really have a no one really had a problem with it, um, and we you know we ended up always joking in the in the locker room about about be, me being gay. Like I would always joke about it myself, and and you know tell them things that they didn't want to hear um, and had a laugh about it. I love how you maybe take something that's maybe a bit frightening to people because of the unknown, and you normalize it, and you, uh, you you're just one of the one of the boys, right? And and the you know the banter is 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 you know part of why we're playing sport, and uh, I think a perfect way to to, to normalize that. And uh, um, yeah, kudos to you for that, Armand. But it takes courage to do this, and, and I hope you. With this, can inspire many others that hey, it's actually is not a problem. Uh, but but you you said you were a leader there, right? You you did two years. You know you had quite a bit of injuries. You 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 weren't a regular because of that. You you know in terms of games started and of course when you come over to the states you want to play as much as possible and you know but you 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 got the change when you moved to 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 Bloomfield. Um, 
and, and you started scoring goals. I mean, how how did you feel? That was that a confidence thing with this as well? Uh, yeah, definitely. Because you know, uh, at Anderson, I didn't have any. I played primarily, you know, right back at Anderson, so I didn't really. I ended up two years with with zero goals, zero assists. So uh, for me, coming into Bloomfield, I had more of an offensive role. I played more winger and, and striker in my senior year, but. Um, it definitely, definitely helped because I, I remember I scored the first first game against University of D.C. Uh, we played in, in Wilmington, Delaware, um, and we won 3-2, and I scored one of the goals, came back from behind, um, and that definitely gave me a confidence boost. And then the second game, I got an assist, so, you know, definitely at that, at that point when I have, you know, two goal, goal involve, involvements in, in two games, I'm starting to think, okay, like, maybe I should actually try to focus on really scoring goals here because that's how I can make an impact. Yeah, Go- goals and, and assists—they they count those in in the U.S. That's for sure. Uh, maybe clean sheets if you're a defender, but uh, even there, uh, you know, if you're a, if you score goals, it's uh, it's sometimes worth more <laughs> than than not allowing a goal for some for some reason. Um, but 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 I think the you know. The, the mental side of here, right? For you, with there's a lot going on. Uh, but you also have your academics. I mean, you were studying uh, business finance. Um, how, how did you manage kind of to juggle all your uh, roles? Because I feel like you there's much more pressure on you than others here. Did you feel uh, that? I didn't feel the pressure. Uh, I think it was. I think I nailed that that study athletic piece very early on uh, at Anderson. I remember my f- first semester was tough because I did, I didn't have a system for studying nothing. It was, it was tough. I think I ended as the, my first semester with a GPA of 2.6. Um, and then after that first semester, I, I really nailed how, you know, I got a better understanding of how the U S school and the curriculum works. You know, you get based, you get grades based on, mostly your homework and exams but as long as you do your homework you're gonna you're gonna do you're gonna do fine um so I, you know i went from 2.6 gpa my first semester to 3.6 gpa in my second semester um and after that i'd never had any issues with school because i always made a priority to do all my schoolwork during the week always try to get it done monday tuesday and then i could just chill for the rest of the week and that really really helped me um making sure that everything, all the assignments, all the homework was submitted. That was like my main priority. Um, and then the exams came, came almost secondhand because I knew as, you know, obviously I did well in, in the exams as well, but I just knew that as long as you do your homework and assignments, you're going to, you're going to be fine. Um, so for, for, for personally, for me, I never had an issue with the, with the, with the academics. Um, and, uh, and it was mostly, you know, I could, because of that also, I, I was able to focus more, on on the soccer part i feel like there's a lot of a lot of uh people that have been in your same in these shoes that you've been in and arman i remember that myself like the first semester for a lot of internationals and maybe americans as well are you know learning how to to do all with time management that's like you know the slogan you have to learn time management and when you sort of like get a hold of that and understand how they do it in the u.s i felt like you know, me playing soccer and also studying helped me do better in both, you know, the athletic part and the academic part, just because I had to, you know, wrap my head around it and I had to stay focused uh, on two things. So, um, like you said, first semester, 
you know, you just have to get into it. And then after that, I think a lot of internationals feel that they're handling it a lot better, um, which you're also going to bring in, you know, uh, after you've graduated as well, right? You know, uh, having to do several things at once. And of course, there's the cap and gown moment, right? You uh, you graduate in four years, so that was in in May 2019. Um, you get your bachelor's of science in in business administration and management. Um, it's a big moment, right? To to go up there and receive your diploma. Yeah, it's uh, definitely definitely you know making a big deal in the U.S. You know, um, and it was it was fun. I've had my my family come over. My mom, my brother came over for the for the first time, um, you know, throughout my f- four years there. So that was that was very exciting to to have them come and, and see the campus and, and meet, you know, my professors and and my coach, um, and you know, all that was fun. Um, and yeah, I mean, it was uh, it was just very. It was a it was a lot because I'm especially for me. I'm a very laid back person. I'm like I'm I don't like the big things. So um, I felt a little out of place. But uh, but it was definitely fun. Yeah, it's a milestone. But they, your parents uh, or your family, they weren't really successful trying to lure you back in, to come home, right? Because you're, I mean, obviously you're still in the states, but you weren't done with the U.S. journey at this point. No, uh, I I didn't really. So I ended up doing my masters, and I didn't really. That was very. A very it was a decision I made that same year. Uh, I never really imagined taking a master's in the U.S. I was just gonna go straight to to my OPT and work in the U.S. because I knew I wanted to stay uh, at least for the first for the first term. Um, but I ended up yeah I ended up doing my master's in finance, um, which benefited me at you know in the end. Do you think it was an advantage because you, you obviously worked? Uh, several jobs in the U.S. Uh, within finance, and of course, uh, your, your masters there set you up. But do you think it's smart to jump straight into a masters, or in hindsight, could it be better to get some work experience and maybe then, you know, uh, uh, do a masters to to know maybe a little bit more about how the let's call it how the world works? Uh, I think I think it really depends. Uh, I think one of the main reasons why I chose to do a masters right after graduating college was uh, because of the job opportunities. I felt like they were very slim coming from, from Bloomfield. And, and also the, I didn't do enough groundwork before graduating, uh, networking and, and making sure that I was set up for, for those job opportunities. So I knew that getting a master's for me would not only give me, you know, a leg up on my resume, but it, was, it would also enable me to network with more people um, and talk to the professors who knew more people in the industry. Yeah. What about internships? Did you uh, did you get uh, experience through that during your time studying? Yes, uh, I, I, I had an internship during my master's. I interned at a private equity firm uh, as, a, as an associate uh, where you know, I got to learn a lot. And, then, and at the same time, I didn't have soccer, so I obviously had time to do it. Um, and that, that was my main uh, internship during the year. Yeah. But you, you can see you, you do your master's in, in New York at, at Drew University and you're in the city 
and you you really take advantage at that point. Probably nice that you were, well, you know, sad that you're no longer playing soccer. But you know, there's a time for everything, and you you have much more time to 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 take advantage of of everything that that big city has to offer. Uh, yeah, I mean that was that you know that was a plan, uh, but then COVID hit during that year, uh, and that was stuck. Forgot, forgot about COVID. Yeah, I did forget yeah, about stuck, COVID. Stuck at home for so we we moved all our obviously our all our classes online, um, and you know I saw my classmates for the first couple of months, and then for the rest of the program, uh, I just communicated with, with them online. How do you cope with that when you're you know so far away from the experience that than you thought? I mean, luckily you got the internship uh, <laughs> and got that ticket off the the list. But then you're kind of by yourself then in 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 a uh, I guess did New York become like a ghost town? Uh, I wasn't. I was actually in New Jersey at the time, uh, and I was saying I was with my boyfriend, so at least we, you know we had we had each other. Um, but I think you know I'm very good at ad- adapting, and I think I'm very used to it. Just based off of the last four years, even as a college athlete. Uh, and I think that really helped me adapt to the situation I was in. Um, you know, I, I was able, you know, my, my primary thing was getting through the program and graduating. Um, and then luckily, you know, we live in a time where we can communicate with whoever we want at whatever time we want. So it was very, those factors really helped me just push through that period. Yeah. And you, you landed great jobs uh, within finance in, in uh, New York. You've been to Fort Lauderdale. You're in Maine right now. Uh, things are going well for you. Uh, will we ever see you back in Norway, uh, Armand? Not, uh, you know, not just on vacation? Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, right now I have, luckily, right now I have a re- fully remote job uh, where we don't even, my company don't doesn't even have a, have a physical office. So uh, luckily... I'm also doing my my green card um, thanks to my my boyfriend. I'm I'm applying for a green card, so hopefully in the future I'll be able to work more from Norway. Um, but when it comes to living, I don't know. When it comes to living in Norway permanently, I'm I'm not there yet. Maybe in the future, but uh, I don't even know if you know. In just the U.S., I'm you know I want to explore more of the world. You know, I just I don't want to just be stuck in the U.S. You know, I want to. Be able to live other places and and embrace those cultures as well. Well, it's nice to think back that you know a, a little showcase trip to Stockholm uh, in, in 2014, and then you kind of that was a an important first step into uh, now sitting at a nice summer house in Maine, uh, having a really cool job in in Super Social uh, Incorporated. So. Um, I guess take advantage of uh, of everything. And do you plan far ahead, or you, you take it a bit one step uh, at a time? I don't. Now? I don't tangibly plan ahead. Uh, I'm always. I, I'm a firm believer that if you just put in the work and you you just say yes and try, good things are gonna happen. Or you know, so uh, it's worked out for me so far. Um, I don't see it not working out going forward. So. Um, so yeah, just, just keep saying yes and, and just keep pushing and good things are going to happen. Yeah. Well, you, you're inspiring a lot of people with what you do and I'm glad we're able to tell your story. And 
we are in June, which is an important month for the Pride movement uh, and the LGBTQ. <laughs> I was going to try and say this correctly, and I didn't. Uh, LGBTQ. It's it's harder in in English than in Norwegian, where I normally say it. So, but but uh, what do you think is key for to, to I guess to raise more awareness about and maybe normalize, uh, uh, you know that some people are maybe not exactly like you are. What, what do you think is key? I think one of the key key elements to for I think for everyone to remember is is just being very careful with the with the words you choose and the conversation you have with friends because honestly you you can never know if the guy next to you is 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 different is gay or whatever. Uh, and I think that's, you know, that's one of the things for me growing up that I heard on a daily basis, you know, even I use gay as a slur. Um, but even just like those conversations that you have with friends, just, just be aware because you never, you honestly never know if someone's going to be gay or not. Arman, I think you're amazing. I think you're brave. Your story inspires me. I hope we can uh, uh, inspire more people, not just uh, about how brave you are with coming out and, and normalize that and, and help people. Uh, but also, your your story is amazing. So thank you so much for coming on. It's been a pleasure and uh, good luck. Thank you. This was uh, this was fun. <laughs>